0: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together to worship you, God, to sing praises unto your name, Lord. We thank you for what you do in the midst of your people, God. We thank you, Father, for your word today. Father, we decrease, that you may increase in our lives, God. We move out of the way, allow your Holy Spirit to have his way. We thank you, Father, for meeting us here in this place. Your word says we're two or more gathered in your name. You are in the midst of them. So we thank you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being the spirit of truth who leads us and guides us. We bless you today. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and hearts to receive. The word says the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we hear your word today. Receive it by faith, believe it, live according to it. In Jesus' name of the church, say, amen, amen. Amen. So, how many of you know that there's nothing new under the sun? I don't care how many messages you have heard, how many sermons you have heard or preached, there is nothing new under the sun. And so every now and then we come across something that just we hear, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we hear and we bes- we receive through faith and we believe. Amen? And then we pattern our lives. That's that's, that's the kicker right there, though, right? This is when we add the, the practical to the spiritual, okay? When we allow the word of God that we hear and we, bes- we, we receive by faith and believe, now we add it to our life. We live according to the word of God. Amen. So I heard a message recently that really, really, really uh, impacted me because, um, you know, the word of God, the Bible itself has come under so much scrutiny. All right. Come up under so much scrutiny. And we have a generation of of, of young people and we just have so many people with that are exposed to so many different things now, right? It's like it's gotten worse over time. We have social media now. We've got babies with phones who have access to YouTube. They can come across any type of teaching on YouTube, okay? It's just so accessible now. It's just a part of our lives. It's a part of our culture, especially here. Maybe in some remote parts of the world, they don't have this same challenge. But here we do. We have access to so much information, right? How many of you know we need revelation? We need revelation from God. And so um, this question was brought to mind. Why do you believe the Bible, right? think about family fruit for a second. We surveyed 100 men. 100 women. We asked them this question. We would get all kinds of answers to this question. Why do you believe the Bible? Some people might say it's because of how I was raised. I was just told, listen, we believe the Bible. And that's as far as it went. Because my daddy said, this is what we do in this house. So we believe the Bible, right? But what about the unchurched? What about those who don't have access? Right? You get a a totally different answer, right? Some people might say, well, it, it, it works for me. Well, if you've been around enough churches and religious people, that might fly with you. But for some people, it just may not cut the mustard, right? So in other words, we have to be able to give an answer that's relevant. That's relevant. Because our kids are... Under such a great attack. A lot of people like to talk about the millennials. Just like they talked about Generation X. Anybody? All right? Yeah, X's in here? Right? Every generation has its own challenges. But we have to have answers. Answers that are relevant, answers that make sense, right? And so I came across this and it just made so much sense. But not only did it make sense, it's scriptural, it's biblical. And it just totally solidified things. So we're going to read this. Come on, read it with me. It says, the Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents that were written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses that report to us supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies who claim that their writings are divine and not human in origin? That's the best answer to that question that I've ever heard. It's the And I just couldn't help but share it. I couldn't let another Sunday go by without sharing it. And There hadn't been a Sunday go by because I just heard it. So I didn't have an agenda. I just simply say, Lord, Lord, what you want to tell your people? And he brought this to me. And I want to share it with you. But we're going to go straight out in in Scripture because it's this. This itself comes out of Scripture. Okay. So we're going to start in second Peter chapter 1, and we're going to just read through 16 through 21. Starting verse 16. This is Peter. We, know, we remember Peter, right? Right? He was one of the 12. He was pretty close. He was top three, right? He went on a few pretty important missions, right? He was there. He was there in the garden. He was the one that cut the ear off. That was him was the one who spoke out of turn. That was him. In other words, he was there. He was there. Yes, it was a long time ago, but he was there. I just think about all the books that he, we've come across and we've read through school and adulthood, not very many books come up under the type of scrutiny that this Holy Bible has come under. But we're hearing from eyewitnesses, folks. We don't ask that question about all of the books that we've come across. Who was there? We just look at the title. We see who authored it and we say, hmm, interesting. Let's dig on in. And then you just we just start sharing whatever we liked about it. Right? Okay? But this word of God, man, this Bible, it's, it's, it's authentic. You got to be sure about it, church. Amen? So let's read. Verse 16. He says, for we, this is Peter, he says, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables. This is not what happened. We did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses come on somebody say eyewitnesses but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for he received from God the father honor and glory when such a voice came to him From the excellent glory. And it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Verse 18. And we heard this voice and we heard. The eyewitnesses heard and we heard this voice. This is not what somebody else told us. No, we heard this voice, which came from where? Heaven. Which came from heaven when we were with him. When we were with him. This is not some story that's been passed down from from my cousin, friends, aunties. Uncle said, <laughs> "Right." He says, "And so we have, we have the prophetic word confirmed." We he didn't stop at just we heard a prophetic word. Anybody in there ever heard a prophetic word? He's talking about the com- prophetic word that has been confirmed. Amen. He says, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Amen. Amen. Verse 21. For prophecy... Never, come on, somebody say never. never, for prophecy never came by the will of man. Never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's what, that's what the word says. That's what God, God's word says. This is from an eyewitness. He was there. He saw him. He saw him before the cross and after the cross. Amen? Yes. So, again, the Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents. That were written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Amen. Amen. I think I put that in there twice. Get that out of the way. All right, Luke. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Luke is a physician. Luke had the task of recording some things, things that he saw, some things that he heard. So it says here in verse 1 Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, not just prophesied, but have been fulfilled, they have been done. These are not wise fables, right? These are not lies. He says, just as those whom from the beginning were eyewitnesses. From the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding complete understanding of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. This brother sounds pretty sure about this thing, don't he? He sounds pretty sure about this thing. Eyewitnesses who were there in the same time frame as other eyewitnesses Right? he says that you may know the certainty that you may know the certainty not just somebody else's opinion not with somebody else's you know theory but that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed certainty Listen, you got to be sure about what you believe. You got to be certain. Amen? You have to be certain. You can't just be convinced. Right? Because if you can just simply be convinced, you can be unconvinced. Right? You have to know for certain. You got to trust and believe that what God has made access to us is the real deal. It's the real thing. So that we're not shaken. So that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. There's a lot of teachings out there. A lot. And they can muddy the water. If you don't know the truth. If you don't know the truth. Amen. Get ahead. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 says this moreover brethren this is the apostle Paul speaking alright so we've heard from Peter heard from Luke now we're hearing from Paul okay he says moreover brethren I declare to you the gospel I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you which also you received and in which you stand. That word declare means to make known. To make known. To certify. God has made known to us. Because he wants us to be certain. Amen. He wants there to be no doubt. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what we put our faith in is very important. Amen? You know, some things that we never think about that we put faith in. So, When we get up in the morning, when we hit that switch, we got faith that when we hit that switch, that light's going to come up we operating in faith. If you didn't believe that when you hit that switch, the light was going to come on, you wouldn't, you wouldn't touch the switch, right? You go out to your car to crank it up in the morning, right? You expect it to start. You believe your faith is in action. You believe that it's going to crank. Otherwise, you wouldn't even attempt. If there wasn't a chance, right? You wouldn't attempt. You wouldn't waste your time doing that. But faith is in action there. So if we can have our faith working when it comes to those things, how much more should it be when it comes to the word of God, the validity of the word of God, the truth of the word of God. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to read verses one through eight. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received in which you stand. By which also you are saved. Come on, somebody say saved. Saved by the gospel. I says that the gospel, gospel, is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. Amen? Where am I at? Verse two. He says, by which also you are saved if you hold fast that the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, which I also received. Not somebody said it's going to happen, but i experienced this. Amen. He says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He says in that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the the scriptures, according to what was prophesied. This happened according to what was prophesied. Amen? Amen. He says, in that he was seen by Cephas. Now, who is Cephas? Peter. Peter. He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, right? The other disciples. After that, he was seen by over five Hundred brethren at once at once of whom the greater part remain to the present in other words they're still alive go ask them eyewitnesses of the resurrected savior right He says, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. He says, after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Every single one of them got to experience, got to see the resurrected Savior. Amen. He says, then last of all. Then last of all, he was seen by me also. As by one born out of time. You remember Paul's experience? You remember his experience? He got to see him too. Matter of fact, he couldn't see. When he saw Jesus, he couldn't see nothing but Jesus. He was blinded to everything else. He was blinded to everything else around him. He couldn't. That's what he said. Lord. He knew. That's why he responded the way that he did. Saul, Saul, why have you forsaken me? Lord when did when did I do that? he's talking from his experience folks from his experience he spoke about other eyewitnesses and then he himself he says I too saw him amen again so the Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents that were written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses that report to us supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. Isn't that what we just read about? Specific prophecies. Psalms chapter 22, verse 1. So We've heard from some great men of God, right? Right? Peter, Luke, Paul, Now, David, now, David, verse one, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groanings, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those words sound familiar? Who else said those words? Jesus said those words too. Right? Verses 6 through 8. He says, but I am a worm and no man. A reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me, capital M. This is David speaking, right? All those who see me ridicule me. You know why the M is capital, right? He says, they shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Verse 12 through 17. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths. Like a raging and roaring lion, I am poured out like water. I am poured out like water. You remember when Jesus was pierced in his side; Water and blood gushed out. He says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potcher and my tongue clings to my jaws. You Remember when they came up there with that sponge filled with vinegar? He says, you have brought me to the dust of death who are we talking about here y'all who are we talking about we talking about Jesus right he says for dogs have surrounded me the congregation of the wicked has enclosed me they pierce my hands and my feet they pierce my hands And my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. This is David. Talking. Speaking. Prophesying. What was going to happen. Listen. This is David being moved. He's speaking as he's being moved by the Holy Spirit. He's speaking as he's being moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen? This was prophesied and written by the King David 1,000 years before Jesus was born, y'all. Before Jesus was born. How would he know? Lest he heard from heaven. Right? In the same way, when Jesus was on the earth and he asked the disciples, Who do men say that I am? Some say John the Baptist. What did Peter say? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Ha, you own to something. You own to something. This didn't come by flesh. No. This only comes by the spirit. Only by the spirit. Amen. So here we go again. The Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents that were written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses that report to us supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies who claim that their writings are divine and not in. Human in origin. Didn't we just read that? Didn't we just see that? Is that clear to us now? Does that help you? It helped me. It helped me. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16 and 17. Come on, say it with me. All Scripture. Not some of it, y'all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Right? And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that's us, you and me, that the man of God, he's not just talking about the pastor. Okay? He's not just talking to somebody who has an who's been called to to a higher office to operate in. No, he's talking about us, all of us. Amen? Amen? That the man of God may be complete. Come on, think about that. May be complete. In other words, with nothing missing. With nothing missing. May be complete and thoroughly equipped. For every good work, for every good work, thoroughly equipped. Anybody ever been asked to do something and just didn't feel adequate? Just just didn't quite feel comfortable doing it because you just wasn't real sure if you can pull this thing off. I've been asked to do a couple songs and I'm like, I'm not a woman. I can't I can't hit that. No. That's crazy. And then I prepare and I trust. I prepare and I trust, and lo and behold, I get to hit some notes I didn't know I had in me. Right? But God has supplied us the scripture so that we are thoroughly equipped, so that we are complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work, everything that he's called and created us to do, everything that he has purposed for us to do, he wants us to be complete and thoroughly equipped to fulfill, to do, to participate in. Amen? That's what he did for us. So it says that all the scripture is inspired by God. Inspired by God. That means it's God-breathed. God-breathed. Breath. Wind. Put your hand down in front of your face and blow your breath on your hand. You feel the wind. Amen? Amen? The wind, speaking of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, amen? The Bible says holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, amen? God hasn't changed his mode of operandi. In other words, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? No change, there's no variation. Amen? It says the word of God is inerrant. Inerrant. What does that say? Incapable of being wrong. You can say what you want to say. You can be as loud as you want to be. You can be as educated as you want to be. You can quote whoever you want to quote. But what I know is that the word of God that I believe in, is incapable of being wrong. You can make an argument all day long about who who did what, right? You can make all kinds of arguments about, you know, the different translations and all of this stuff. Listen, y'all, ain't nobody got time, nobody got time to really try to change the Bible, to change the scriptures. It's just, come on now. I mean, think about it. All you have to go through, I mean, you know people kill you over their religion, right? I mean, it happens all around the world. I mean, just think about it. Ain't nobody really, really crazy enough or really capable of really changing God's word. Y'all know that, right? It just really, it just don't even make sense, Right? So we also know that the word of God is infallible. And again, it means incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. Well, let's check out some of these synonyms. Unerring. Error-free. Unfailing. Faultless. Flawless. Impeccable. Perfect. True. Uncanny. Precise. Accurate. Accurate. Meticulous, scrupulous, and so much more. Right? Never failing, always effective. Never failing, always effective. Guaranteed, dependable, trustworthy, reliable, sure, certain, Safe, effective, efficacious, informal, sure fire. It's the real deal. It's the real thing. Amen? Often imitated, but never what? Duplicated. It's also immutable. Unchanging over time unchanging over time, or unable to be changed. It's fixed, set. It's rigid, inflexible, unyielding, unbending, permanent, entrenched, established, well-established, unshakable, irremovable, indelible, ineradicable, and more. And more. Amen. Know why you believe that Bible. Know why you believe the Bible. It's the real thing, folks. Second John chapter one, verse one through three says the elder. To the elect lady and her children. This is John. Whom Jesus loved. The self-proclaimed disciple whom Jesus loved. He knew that he was loved by the Lord. And he declared it to anybody. Now some people if you ran in the same circle, you know all the disciples, but then he spoke to other disciples who was there with Jesus and still spoke of himself as being the disciple that Jesus loved. Most people nowadays would, you know, might feel that the other person might feel a certain type of way about that and, you know, but he didn't mind saying that he was the one that Jesus loved, right? Right? He says, the elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all those who have known the truth. Because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Now, he says here, one of the things about this word truth is that in the English language, truth can have different meanings. Sometimes it can be a matter of opinion. You can just poll people and say, hey, well, what, what does what does truth mean to you? You can look up the dictionary and, and all of this, but as you dig deep, deep down, truth is literally not hidden. It's what's not hidden or what is unconcealed, what does that say to me? What does that say to me? To me, what that means is, truth is what is revealed. Not just what somebody says is true, but what has been revealed to you. Amen? Truth is what God has revealed to you what God has revealed to you, right? God has revealed himself, right? Truth is the revelation of God. He has revealed himself. As you go throughout the scriptures and you read, God is revealing himself to us in many, many, many different ways. Truth is the revelation of God's word. The revelation of God's word. Truth is the revelation of Jesus Christ, who is God's word. Right? The Bible says that in the beginning, the word was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and it also says that the word came and dwelt among them dwelt among us who is that it's Jesus it's Jesus Christ it's none other than Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior right so now when we go back and we read You back it up and we read the scripture says to the elder, excuse me, the elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in Jesus Christ and not only I but also all those who have known Jesus Christ because of the what? Because of the truth, because of Jesus Christ, which abides in us and will be with us. Because he said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. All of this is describing Jesus Christ who himself said that I am the way the truth and the life he said that Second John chapter 1 verse 4 he says I rejoiced greatly That I have found some of your children walking in truth. What is truth? Jesus Christ. Amen. As we received commandment from the Father. As we received commandment from the Father. So a lot of times when we see the word commandment, we automatically think the law. Now, make no mistake about it, the Ten Commandments is the law. Here, when he's talking about commandment, he's not talking about the law. Okay? We need to understand that. Just as we received commandment from the Father, we need, I submit to you today, that we need to receive the commandment from the Father. We need that, right? So what is a commandment? You can read all of this, but this is the part that speaks to me. Right there. An authoritative prescription. An authoritative prescription. Now, in the natural sense... When somebody gives you a prescription, you believe they're trying to help you. They're trying to help you be well. They're trying to help you get better. Okay? When God gives us a commandment, he's given us an authoritative prescription. Now, don't get thrown off by the word authoritative. I know you don't like people telling you what to do. But don't be thrown off by authoritative. Because this is coming, this is the command of the Father. Come on now, think about it. This is the God of all creation. This is the the self-existing God. There is no greater authority than him. Amen? And so we want a God like our God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and omnipresent to be giving us advice. Amen? Amen. We've all gotten a prescription from the doctor. And most of the time, we don't even question why we got that prescription. All we know is we got a problem. You're supposed to know how to help me. They give you that prescription. You go, you pay for it, everything. And as soon as you get it, if you're a good patient, you take that prescription. And you take that prescription in faith. You believe it. Listen, you want that prescription to work. You want it to help you. Right? You want to feel better. You want to be better. Okay? Listen, if we feel that way about modern medicine, and our medical providers who can help us feel better, how much more ought we to receive the command of God? It's an authoritative prescription. It's always going to be good for you. But not only that, it's the best thing for you. It's the best thing. Anything that God speaks out of his mouth via the Holy Spirit to you is the best thing for you. It is, hands down. I'm not saying that going to doctors is wrong or bad. Go. Right? We we have faith in our medical community. How much more faith should we have in God the Father? God the Father, not just God. But God the Father, the one that we have relationship with, the one who knows us better than ourselves, the one who created us and fashioned us with his own hands, who spoke us into existence, not because we were good, because he loved us before he ever made us. He made us with a great purpose in mind, and it was to prosper us. He made us objects of his love, not his wrath. He made us objects of His love. It should be easy for us to love somebody who loved us that much, who loved us that well. It should be easy for us to listen and to hear that person. Has God ever getting on got on anybody's nerve? I know sometimes it's hard to to listen to people who get on your nerve. God's never gotten on my nerves. He's never gotten on my nerves. I've never regretted a time God said something to me. Even if I didn't like what he said, I never regretted what he said to me because I knew that he said it to me because he loved me. And so what he was saying to me, it was for my good, for my benefit. It was an authoritative prescription. One that was going to work without side effects. I didn't have to worry about something bad happening as a result of taking this prescription. Come on, somebody say the word of God, word of God. is good medicine. medicine. It's good medicine. The Bible even it's its strength, it's health for our bodies, for our bones. It's good for us. And it's good to us. Amen. He says, and now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you but that which we have had from the beginning that we what, y'all? That we love one another. That we love one another. He says this is love that we walk according to his commandments to his authoritative prescription. This is the commandment That as you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. You should walk in it. Let's wrap it up. The Bible is God's love letter to us. God is not trying to trick you. He's not trying to pull one over on you. He's not trying to fool you. He's not trying to make a fool of you. God loves you. He loves us. He wanted us to know this love. Not just hear about it, but he wanted us to experience his love. And he gave his son, Jesus Christ, who came, lived, fulfilled the perfect law of God, died, rose again. Sent the Holy Spirit to help us all the rest of the days of our lives. That's a good God. That's a good God. He's worthy of my worship. He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my time. He's worthy of my obedience. He's worthy of anything that I have to give. Because everything that I have to give that is good came from him. Amen. 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 So let's read this one last time. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Here's our answer. for Why we believe the Bible. Ready? Read. The Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents that were written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses that report to us supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies who claim that their writings are divine and not human in origin. Come on, give God a praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, God. Amen. I'm not going to hold you long, but I do want to just share. If there's anyone here who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus, you don't know him the way that we're talking about him and when we say we love him and we have a reason to give him praise and thanksgiving. Listen, God wants you to experience his love. We only love God because he first loved us. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were were still sinners, Christ came and he died. For us, he took our place. He took our punishment so that we could be reunited with the God who created us in his likeness and image. Amen. So if you're in this place and you just don't know Jesus, you don't know God and you want to have a relationship with him. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. And when it, when it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, that word confess, he's not asking you to confess your sins. He's saying confess, confess means to agree with him. It was he who said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So when it says confess that Jesus is Lord, that means simply you agree with God the Father. That his son Jesus is the Lord. And then believe, because it takes faith to please God. He said, then believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. And so if that's you, please don't leave this place the way that you came in. Your salvation can be secured today. Jesus has already paid the price. There's no need for you to experience double jeopardy. So let's let's go before the Lord in prayer, and if that's you, just find someone here. Everybody in this place that is saved and has a relationship with the Lord can lead you in a prayer of salvation. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for visiting with us and meeting with us today, Lord. We thank you for your spirit that lives on the inside of us, that confirms, Father, your word, your promise, which is that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, God, for the promise of your word. Thank you for being a God who cannot lie. Thank you, Father, for your word that is the truth. The truth that we hear, the truth that we see, the truth that we experience, the truth that we believe. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit and for always reminding us and leading us into righteousness and truth. Thank you for the gift of righteousness, for the gift of forgiveness for the gift of salvation, for the gift of life. Jesus, you said that you came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We thank you for your promise, God. Your word says that every promise of God in Christ is yes and amen. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for your love that you've shed abroad in our hearts and minds. God, as we leave this place, complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Give us the divine appointments. Order our steps. Give us the opportunity, God, to share the gospel, the power of God to salvation for all who believe. Thank you for causing us to be your children, to be your sons and daughters, for causing us to be kings and priests in the earth. Your word says, as he is, so are we in the earth. So, Father, go before us, order our steps, make our path straight. Give us the opportunity to honor and to glorify you as we come in contact with people. Move on us, Holy Spirit, that we too may speak as you give us utterance. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Let the church say Amen. Amen. We are dismissed.